Greetings from the frozen north. Welcome to Deep Shit. It is another Monday. I hope you are uh, doing something that makes your weekend worth it. Meaning that you have to be doing something that you hate. So that way when you get to your weekend you have a good time. Because you need to unwind. You need to let loose. You need to let your hair down. Let your hair up. If you know what I'm talking about. Because I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's Monday. Um, you're listening to this in the beginning of the day. Later in the day. Maybe you're not even listening to it on Monday. Maybe you're listening to it on Sunday. You know, I don't know what your life is. Stop fucking with me. Anyway. It's frozen up here in the north. Um, not, You know, I know in the east coast it's already started snowing and stuff. Um, but in um, Vancouver... The Pacific Northwest, it is um, quite frigid. I prefer snow to rain because rain, you're just wet. Snow, snow at least at some point, you it, it calms down and it settles and you're like, oh, look at this white Christmas, blah, 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 right? Like when something's covered in snow, it's not that bad. Unless it's the Arctic, then you're like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> but a city, when it snows, it's like it's nice for a little bit, but rain is just rain. And everything's wet and you're wet and you're just wet. Anyway, um, today's episode is with uh, Lisa Beth Johnson. This is the first time that I'm repeating a guest, um, which is going to happen more. You've heard what you've heard so far, so I'm going to have people on again and again and again. I'm having Zach Sherwin back, I'm having Kyle Kinane back, I'm having Ali Wong back, I'm having Eric Andre back. Everyone's going to come back. Um, because I want you to get to know us <laughs> and get to know how we know each other. Get to know how we're getting to know each other if we don't already know each other really well. Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie The Trip starring Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, do that. Do that. See that movie. It is incredible. I, I uh, was told that it was a series and they've cobbled it together to make it a movie. And either works. I'm glad that it's a movie that I get everything at one time because I really see the arc. It is, it is um, as far as I know, completely improvised. Uh, they probably outlined it. Uh, it's somewhere in between a Woody Allen movie and Curb Your Enthusiasm. And um, Steve Coogan can't help but put all of his insecurities on film. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's a great movie and it's hilarious. So, you know, big up to Eliza Skinner for hipping me to that. Um, oh, Eliza Skinner. She'll also be back. I didn't say her. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This episode, Lisa Beth Johnson, once again, Lisa Beth 2. Um, we sat down and we talked about vulgarity, which opens up into uh, a lot more things and specific crassness, which we concentrate on a lot. But I'm calling this episode vulgarity because I just don't like spelling the word crass because it has the word ass in it. <laughs> what? Gross. Anyway. Enjoy the episode. They totally redefined what their, their thing was, because it used to be American Movie Classics, and then they changed the, the definition of classic, and then it became original programs, mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then movies that aren't that old, mm -hmm. that aren't classics. Now you got to go to TMC, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, yeah, no, that's the movie channel. I'm thinking of Turner Tur Classic Movies, yeah, TCM, sorry, mm -hmm. my bad. That's the one that um, George Clooney's dad his introductions for right who's or george is, clooney's dad uh i know his aunt is clooney senior yeah no no he he was uh he introduced old movies george clooney's dad yes hmm i didn't know his dad was a somebody yeah he was also a politician what yeah look I, it up 
I know his aunt is uh, Rosemary Clooney. Mm-hmm. That's the only famous relative I know that he has. Hmm. Just when you think George Clooney is all about his dad being a politician. Somebody wants, you know who? Um, I, I think Thicke? his dad ran for an office, but I don't think he won. Oh, okay. So. But he was popular because of it yeah. somehow. Do you know who um, uh, Robin Thicke is? He's like a, he's a singer-songwriter that wrote sing, a lot of music for a lot of people. Lost without you, can't help myself, and as if you know that I want so That's what it sounds like. How about another no? one? <laughs> anyway, Robin Thicke, kind of an award, I think he's won a couple of Grammys. He wrote a lot of stuff for Timberlake and like blah, blah, blah. His dad is Alan Thicke. I was gonna. That was where I was going when you asked me. Yeah. I saw Alan Thicke at a trade show one time. What was he trading? It was a book trade show. It was uh, BEA <laughs> really? Book Exposition of America. <laughs> like Alan, I want your book. How about these eleven and, buttons? Well, it's usually New York, as it should be. Mm-hmm. But it was in LA one year, and I went to that one. And he walked down the aisle. So there were a lot of celebrities, just by virtue of the fact that it was in LA. But he walked down the aisle, and he gave me like a once over, and my coworker was like. That was weird, and I was like, "That was gross." What's a once over? You know, like a like a eyeballs up, down, back up. Were you nude? No. Okay. May have to be nude to get a. Yeah, I was just being like, you're like, well, that was weird. If you were standing there totally naked, like, what is he looking at? <laughs> I'm all I'm can a girl just stand around in public naked and nobody look? Then that would have been interesting. Stop being disgusted with me. Right so now. it's not interesting because I wasn't nude. No, okay, but that is weird. So speaking of nudity... No, no, we're, we're staying on this Alan Thicke okay. sort of thing. He gave you a once-over. Your friend was like, that was strange. Yeah, that's my only... I was like, yeah, that was gross. I watched that man as a child try to <laughs> raise children. But he's not looking at you and saying like, oh, there's that eight-year-old. That would be, If it wouldn't be weirder if you were eight. That's true, but my brain doesn't... It can't, uh, you know, it can't rectify the fact that he's an older man now, and I'm also older. I'm just like, my frame of reference for him is as a child. Yeah, somebody else was telling me about another TV dad that is couldn't be more of a lech as an older man. I remember they were like, "Yeah, I watched that guy when I was twelve. It's like, "Well, yeah, but now you're 30. Was it the guy from Webster? I don't, I don't know which guy from Webster. What's his name? Oh yeah, what's his name? Jonathan. What's his name? Who was the uh, McChubbs a lot? The round guy. <laughs> you is know. that the name of the character? No. Okay, it doesn't matter. If you can't, if it's not in your brain, it doesn't remain. That's my, that's my saying. That's why I never studied for a test. I'm like, if I don't know it already, I'm never going to know it, brother. You only want to be tested on innate knowledge? Mm-hmm. Well, I just thought if it wasn't in there, then it didn't really matter. But I always tested well. So, Eat a bowl of dick. <laughs> Eat a bowl of dick. Okay. Thanks, Lisa. Jeez. <laughs> Where's the bowl? Um, speaking of bowls of dicks <laughs> <laughs> and dick-shaped bowls, uh, which would probably be hard to to eat anything out of um we have balls a subject what balls okay calm down we have a we have a subject that we <laughs> that we were talking about when i told you what the name of the podcast was going to be you kind of had a even though it was over instant messenger i could feel you like scrunching your nose and going well i never <laughs> but then at the same time we're now here and you're talking about bowls of dicks Yet somehow when I when I went for the joke of were you nude at the trade show, you were like, what? Why would you assume such a thing? I know. I'm a lady. You're a lady. I know that you're not standing around nude. That's why I said it. Mm. Because it's it's completely out of character. It's not who you is. Well, this is part of the thing. This is part of the thing that I feel about uh, our theme for today. And what is the theme of the day? 
it I it's profanity and the idea of I suppose vulgarity in a way. Profanity slash vulgarity. Mm-hmm. Although I think crass is a better word. When people are crass. Yeah, because that I was looking up the the definitions know, and the etymologies of where you know where these words who and what did all you find? kind of synonyms kind of come from. And crass kind of implies that it's intentional, mm, as opposed okay. to it just being of the common people or um, that someone's intentionally trying to be dirty. Yeah, for dirty sake. Right, and that bothers you. It, it doesn't bother me. It's it's completely contextual, but but um, there is something that I see in society in general that kind of gives me pause. What's that? And that's well, that's just the. Everything is just straight up sex and cursing, like as much as possible. And I, uh, it, it just kind of turns me off. I, it makes me, it makes me. It's it's kind of like being persnickety about it because, like, I, <laughs> I, I myself, it, this is totally hypocritical. Persnickety, which is also one of my favorite fruits. Uh, it's kind of sour. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself curse all the time yeah. I, will, I will curse we'll on this podcast i am gonna say something awful later when yeah. i relay a story um but my kind of idea about it is that someone can click on this podcast and listen to it if they want and because it's called deep s you can you can say it um <laughs> uh, you know like they'll assume that there's some adult language adult content mm-hmm but if I'm walking down the street and I see a movie poster or a poster for something and it's just like, like the, I'm trying to think of one. And this wasn't even, this would have been funny if it was in a magazine, but it was on a billboard and it was in Glendale. And it was a picture of a woman straddling and sitting on a man and they were both on a bed. And the premise was that they were in Vegas and they were celebrating something. And she has a champagne bottle right about where his dick area is. And it's <laughs> blasting area. out champagne. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go live go have fun in Vegas or whatever, you know? But I'm like, that could not be more obvious. And it's, it's just gross, you know? <laughs> but, but, but gross, why? Is it because you, is it because you, because you're saying that like someone comes to do well, this podcast what, and they choose whether or not, but that is not something that someone gets to choose not to see. Yeah. Or, it's you just know, there. Like, you see a woman walking her kids across the street or, you know, and that's like, whatever. I, I, I grew, I didn't grow up, um, I didn't grow up sheltered in any way, shape, or form. Like, we got to watch... You grew up without a roof, so that's already not sheltered. Exactly. I was homeless, is what I'm trying to say. Well, that's... You had walls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no. Um, my parents were let us watch any and everything, and they were just like... The type of parents were like, well, I, tell us if you have any questions about it, you know? Really? Like, I saw Quest for Fire when I was single digits. I saw 48 Hours, you know... Meaning of Life was on ever since I can remember when I was a child. All Every year we'd watch it. Mm-hmm. And all of those have like kind of ex- Name of the Rose I saw. You know, like 48 Hours is kind of extreme. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of, lot of adult themes. There's, there's heads blowing up and sexy time. and <laughs> Even now, you're kind of reverting to the age. You're like, heads, sexy time? I was not expecting to see sexy time here. <laughs> and, there, you know, there's a pretty graphic rape scene in Quest for Fire. Yeah, and um, they're trying to find fire. Yeah, it's you know cavemen were awful. Yeah, they were. They didn't call you back. No, <laughs> pulled you around by the hair. Ugh. 
But, okay, so you saw those things when you were a kid. Yeah, and... And then what do you think... And we could cuss in my house. Like, mm. it was a joke between us kids that, like, we would say to um, our friends, do you want to come over to our house and hang out? And if they were like, uh, we'd be like, well, we can cuss if we go over there. And they'd be like, okay. We'd high five. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got to go over to the Johnson house. Yeah. Just cussing as the day is long. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, okay, well, here's my question. I guess I'm like, I'm trying to get behind what is it that bothers you about that Vegas ad? Not necessarily the ad, but the idea of it, that you're seeing something that's extremely suggestive. So do you go, someone's going to see that that doesn't get that, or someone's going to see that that does get it, that is maybe not of age appropriateness? Right. Is that or like if if there's you know, so you're imagining someone else, a child right or like, like a bumper sticker that says like fuck Bush or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's which I'm totally okay an extreme with, example. I'm totally okay with this. I've seen it though. I'm totally okay with the sentiment, but like, come on. There's come on, a, what though? Like if there's a child in the car behind you. They 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 are old enough to where they can read. They see that. They know that that's a bad word and all of a sudden like all of a sudden the lines are blurred in society between like what uh what type of like what kids are supposed to be able to see or do or say as an adult versus what they're supposed to you know like the public can wait i'm just the reason i'm stammering is because the look on your face is just kind of I'm still listening. I'm not. I'm not, not. I'm not rolling my eyes or no, anything. No, no, no. You're close though. No, I never roll my eyes. Okay, you're I, rolling if, your eyebrows. If I was rolling my eyes, I'd be like, ah. There's always a, a sound with it, like Ugh! stuff like that. I guess no. What, I'm trying to. I'm trying to imagine what it is that you think is going to happen if a child sees that. I don't think anything is going to happen. It's just, I don't think anything is going to happen other than a kid is going to think that's okay, and then you get, and then. For instance, if you go anywhere where there are teenagers, way more so than when I was a kid, you hear the most vile language out of teenagers' mouth in public. Okay. Whereas that wasn't necessarily... Like, kids would be alone and say stuff like that. Kids don't give a fuck now. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about saying fuck. They don't give a fuck about saying fuck well, in fucking public. I guess the thing is, what do you think it means, though? Because I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing the connection between what it is that's a problem. I mean, I guess you're saying that like the child's going to think that's okay, but it is okay. Those that language exists and they're going to find out about it eventually. And so, I guess in my opinion it's up to the parents to I, explain I, what the hell that does or doesn't mean. I absolutely agree. I mean, I but I mean, I'm a person who will not I don't cuss around kids. I don't either. Uh especially if they're little white children because <laughs> I don't want them to hear a word and the parent be like, "Where'd you hear that?" point at me and then they're like, "I knew these black bastards are <laughs> They are corrupting our kids, and they shake their fists angrily and quickly. We used to live. We used to have some uh, uh, neighbors from Guadalajara that lived right behind us. That's okay. in Mexico. Yeah, I know. And um, I just don't get to hear that word much. Guadalajara, Very and good. Um, and uh, we, as small white children, forced them to tell us what bad words in Spanish were. That's always the first thing. Why is it always the first thing that people want to know when someone else knows a little language? Yeah, that's true. Well, but also it's fun. It's probably, the, it's the thing that you can say and get away with if the other people don't know the language, you know? Hmm. Yeah. But no, I totally agree with you that it's absolutely the parent's responsibility. But what bothers you? Because you seem to have a very personal, that's what, I, that's what I'm trying to get at. And I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm trying to put it together. Well, I guess, I'm trying to piece. I guess for me personally, and this would never be anything I would expect anyone to legislate, 
or force upon other people. But I guess I just wish that as a culture that we were a little more respectful of not only innocence, the innocence of youth, but also respectful around older people to not use language like that as well. Because just like with kids, I get really icked out when I see people saying, you know, really vile things around older people. Kids. You're just saying that you, you think it's a, a sign of disrespect. Right. To just not cons- be considerate of someone else's mm, auditory space. Right. Or visual space. That basically, basically, that language is like you're farting in someone's ears, and right. you you could not fart in their ears. And it's really hard to tune it out when someone is, you know, using language like that. It's hard to, um, unless you're in, you know, walking down the street in New York, and it's like a dime a dozen. That's an entirely different thing, you know? <laughs> not necessarily. Well, you get desensitized to it. I think that's why people wear headphones now. Like, that's, people say that that's a bad thing, but maybe you don't want to hear homeless people's scream about you know assholes and whatever some of them don't scream about assholes i don't know what what do they scream about no i know but you're saying vile language yes the generalness of vile yeah because people in new york and the subways are they have their sunglasses on they're they are listening they're usually reading something have a sunglasses on listening to music it's like four of the five senses are dulled and i yeah. and i've seen people with um, um nose plugs and get and masks so it's like I just think that it's going to get to the point where people are just driving in in tubs. It's like a boy. Everyone's going to be the boy in the plastic bubble. Basically, yeah. yeah. Just total sensory deprivation. I don't know. I think that um, our culture. Yeah. What does it mean for you in the bigger picture? In the bigger picture, it means that I think our it's kind of it's just kind of a degradation of culture. In what way? In, Extrapolate. Well, in that, um, you know, there's no, there's, there's no value put on manners anymore because mm-hmm. everyone's just trying to outdo each other on, you know. Out loud each other? Out loud each other, out shock each other, hmm. you know. And what are manners to you? Being respectful of other, other people's space. That's pretty much it. Hmm. I'm not saying there's one person who should make this rule. No, and again, I, I'm not saying that anyone should legislate this in any way. But you're saying that, like, in general, we're, we're, we don't... I'll throw something out okay. and let me know if this is something that you're also saying. Mm. I'm, what I'm hearing, I'm using my therapy language here, what I'm hearing you say is that in the bigger picture, if you don't... Um, if you're being disrespectful if you don't mind what language you're using... And then also it means that you don't know what language means, that you aren't using your words right. to the best of their ability. You're not speaking impeccably. Right. right. I mean, I hate to draw this reference just because it's been done a lot, but like, if you think, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Yes. Well, it's, I mean, that's what you see. That's the, that's the, that's the logical or illogical extension of that. Yeah. You know? That the the dumb people are getting dumber. And that you get people who speak like, oh, fuck, shit, titties, you know, like that. <laughs> that's that's a sentence now. Yeah, it is. It means I'll see you later. <laughs> fuck, shit, titties. All right, what time? Titty 30. <laughs> titty 30. Um, By the way, we're only going to use titty 30 to refer to time from now on. Really? Yeah. Uh, you better. If I don't, if I, if I don't, <laughs> next time we record this, if you're not like, I'll be there about titty 12, <laughs> I'm going to be very upset. 
Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. So that's you, but you're talking about crassness, right? Right. Intentional rudeness. Intentional rudeness. Mm-hmm. But to you, you're saying that unintentional rudeness is the same thing because you're not having the mind to to to, to figure out whether or not what you're doing is rude. That that's that's a possibility of that behavior because intentional rudeness is like if some people are trying to shop but some people just don't know any better right but you're kind of condemning the people who don't know any better you're saying go know better right go yeah go know better go go back and tell your parents to make you learn go <laughs> <laughs> that sentence didn't come out right well but a lot of people you know don't. no i'm just gonna say a lot of people don't have those parents right or right have one parent but there are plenty of people who are you know, who weren't taught things. Like, I was allowed to cuss in my house till the cows come home. Mm-hmm. Although, my parents did kind of, you know, put parameters. It's We didn't walk around. I mean, they parented. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, but, but then I kind of put, I kind of learned myself. You know, I kind of developed my own ideas about what I thought was appropriate and inappropriate that might be different from theirs. So, everyone's welcome to do that as they grow up as well. Hmm. Okay. I, I guess I'm seeing that like, cause I, I used to have a joke, um, not on stage, but I used to tell the people when people asked me if I spoke any other languages, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak, I speak uh black, I speak Latin. I speak when I'm sp- teachers, I speak parents mm-hmm. that it was like, and I did that in middle school it was a chameleon, mm-hmm. if you will. And uh, what that is, is that I know that different groups of people act in different ways and that I could fit into each of them. If I, adopted their mannerisms Mm -hmm. you know and i was there were certain kids i remember it sometimes some of the um gangsterish of kids who for some reason when an adult walked in amazingly polite Mm -hmm. just all of a sudden motherfucker i'll stab you how you doing mrs simmons Mm -hmm. very good morning and in a sort of a way it was sometimes i didn't know if it was them having manners or that they were they were um they were kind of trying to create more of a mystique that it's just like they don't see who I really am. They're all all the teachers are going to think I'm kind. But is, but so when that, I stab you, no one will believe it. But is that necessarily who they are? I mean, that's as much of an act as being polite. I would say. Yes, especially at that age, mm-hmm. definitely. But I guess my point is is that it seems that there are more people who don't understand. You have to. Hmm. I'm I'm listening. I just heard what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. It seems there are mm-hmm. more people who don't understand. You have to be different around different people. Uh oh. Right. And I I hear I just said that, and I heard it in my mind's eye, my mind's eye, my mind's uh, ear, your eye, my mind's a garage band mm-hmm. before I said it out loud. <laughs> and it it kind of is weird because there is that sort of thing of like, no nah, man, you're you all the time, unadulterated me every single day of the night, right? Every single day of the night. That's not a thing. But that's a. Is there a value to like being like? No, sometimes you got to be like this around people that are like this, and like this around people that are like that. Well, yeah. Would you speak to your grandparents the same way that you speak to me right Fuck now? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of in my family, we sort of did, but yeah. it, I mean, not necessarily in a bad way. And some jokes came out of it. Like my brother would make jokes that he wasn't sure that my grandmother was aware of. Like he, we were on a house, like this little houseboat one time in a lake in Texas and he got out of the water and he sat down next to my grandmother. He put his arm around her and she was, she goes, Oh Ben, you're getting me all wet. And he was like, grandma. And then everyone's died laughing, but she may or may not have been aware of why that was funny. Because her generation used the word moist. Yes. Yeah. Which is a hard word to hear. Oh, I'm damp. 
<laughs> that doesn't sound. You good. think that's what they said? I'm so damp. Ooh, I'm moist. I'm moist, moist, damp. Neither of them sound good no. at all. But wet is just. You know what's funny is that wet is lot is a, is less specific than moist or damp, isn't it? Like I feel like moist is a is a condition as well as damp. But wet like, is just like. I feel like feminine products have co-opted the words moist and damp. <laughs> really? And, and you just can't des- take it anymore. I just decided to have a real hardcore stance on that. Well, what is your stance on it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. No. <laughs> Stop it, feminine products. Give us, give moist and damp But back that brings to the up another people. thing. Like, I am all for, you know, um, getting rid of the mystique of the vagina, even though some mystique I think is good. But, like, I, the that's another mystique. thing, though. Like, the, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be eating spaghetti and watch a TV show and then have a commercial. Not like anyone watches commercials anymore, but like have a commercial for Massingale come on or have them pour like red food coloring thing on a maxi pad and then show me how it does it. And I'm eating. It's usually blue. Isn't it blue? Let's pretend it's red. <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of. I, I guarantee there was a long, hard meeting. What? That's also suggestive sounding. About what colored liquid they could pour in a maxi pad when they decided, you know what? I've seen green. I've seen blue. I haven't. I guess I haven't seen red. And then somebody has the has the joke: if blue liquid is coming out of you, blah blah blah, right? Someone has yeah. that joke. I just know that's one of those jokes that seems oh, to that, have happened a lot. It's not blue. No, I'm just saying that. Like in the, I know it's. I not. guess I have robot fluids. <laughs> oh my! You got to change my spark plugs. <laughs> <laughs> There's green fluid all over my maxi pad. That must mean something different is going on. TH4586, that's what you have to say <laughs> to, to the robot. And they change your spark plugs. And you're like, ah, red liquid. Back to norms. Um, <laughs> that's disgusting. Um, okay, well, to go back. Can we talk about music next? Why? Because I want to. Music that's vulgar? Yeah. You, okay, wow. Yeah, sure. Why don't we just talk about it now? Okay, I was, was going to go back on something to something, but you're, you're excited about this music situation. Well, I was just thinking about it. And, um, explicit lyrics. Yeah. Uh, Which is there's an I explicit think, on this podcast. I think you and I um, grew up in a time when music started to get really explicit. Yeah, yeah. You talk about like 90s, quote unquote, gangsta rap. Right. Right. Or, um, you know, well, I, you know. But that was the one, that was what you saw on TV all the time. Yeah, but I mean, there's also punk and heavy metal that yeah, had a lot of nobody. Man, I mean, like it was always like gangster rap, gangster rap. Gang- I like when politicians ran on the platform of these black people are ruining America. That's what when I saw that on TV when I was a child and saw like this gangster two live crew and this Tupac character. I was always like. <laughs> It's like so. It's like people. I people that I enjoy. Every white person has a cane in your mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah He's yeah. shaking his arm. By when, the way, every white person looks like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, that's yeah. It to me. Like they're going to steal all my herbs and spices. Um, so I guess I I always took that as like um, black people. Wah! That's what I always heard when I watched when I saw that on TV. And there's the thing is that, and as as exemplified by the movie CB4. And a uh, a different, more underground movie called Fear of a Black Hat, mm-hmm. um, directed by a guy named Rusty Cundiff, um, which was a little bit more, it was less mainstream parody of that era. Right. Um, and they both kind of show that like this, this cartoonish violence became a style mm-hmm. of music. 
And there were rappers who they were just speaking to what they saw around them. Right. But then it became it became a news report in a sort of a way. The music was the news to them where it's like this is what's happening in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And then it became the glorification of that. Right. That it means that I'm this kind of person because I've experienced or caused these things to happen. Well, that's a very definition of gangster. It's not at first. No, no, no. But but gangster in any sense, whether it's in the black community or, you know, the mob or someone whatever. who inflicts or just someone. Uh, I said this the other day when I was talking about hipsters like that suffix, the stir kind of makes it like someone who fetishizes that thing. Hmm, OK, the stir. Yeah. Hipster, gangster. What are some other stirs? Uh, was, uh, Flapster? Um, no, that was a flapper. I can even think politicianster, turdster. I had like five in my head, but turdster somehow made everything. It just wiped disappear. everything out of yeah. your head. So turdster. The turd showed up in your head and got flushed. Gagooch. Gagooch. The gagoochster. <laughs> I'm a gagoochster. Um, meister. That was always a thing. The such and such meister. The first time I saw things that upset me or made me feel weird in music. <laughs> yes. Where did the brutishness begin? Uh, I, my brother used to, was actually uh, the Misfits. Because there was a song. Your, your brother was the Misfits? No, no, no. Sorry. That came, it was, I mean, was starting to put the cart the in front of the horse and the then mis- I had to turn it. Yeah. The actual band, the Misfits. The band, the Misfits. Okay. There's a song Not about. Not the uh, Gem and the Holograms band. Right. Completely different. Totally Not different. to be mistaken with. No. The actual Misfits. Yeah. Continue the story. <laughs> um, there's a song about the assassination of JFK and I don't remember the exact lyrics, but it's, it's pretty, you know, it's, I guess disrespectful, but that's not really the word I mean. Graphic? Yeah. I mean, he's making light kind of of Jackie, like getting the brains off the car and all that. And I remember being kind of horrified about that. There was mm. a lot. And I remember hearing like a lot of really intense kind of like industrial music or like, uh, ministry or the band ministry, mm-hmm. not the actual ministry. Yeah, I know. Well, I just remember, because I remember when... <laughs> having remember. Just having a lot of violent lyrics like that and remember... And then, and then to me, then secondly, I heard rap. And my brothers were really into kind of obscure rap. If, as long as it had like really crazy lyrics that were very sexual or violent. So I heard that a lot. I guess the thing is, and here's what I, my opinion on it, in sort of a way, and I'm just thinking of this as I'm thinking of it. There was such a stink about hip-hop and about, or I'm sorry, about rap, because of course rap and hip-hop are kind of different things, and that's a completely different debate Mm -hmm. um, that needs to be had with a guy who was there when it started and also has a graduate degree. Are you saying I can't talk about it because I'm a white girl? No, I'm going to, but this is kind of a race thing, so I'll get your opinion on this in a little bit. I wasn't going to say that, although stop talking about that white girl. Um, when hip hop, I'm laughing. By the way, I know you're laughing. Okay, I know you're laughing. <laughs> you have a di- you have a disapproving laugh today. <laughs> okay, Fran, <laughs> to get the dresser out of there. Um, it just seemed that like in the '90s, I always felt like there was so much of a, a stink about rap music and and gangster rap, as they coined it, um, was corrupting the youth. But in a sort of a way, like I said, when I saw that on TV, I saw. White politicians, white politicians going, black people, wah! And that they were bemoaning that this rap was going to cause more black people to cause more crime. Mm-hmm. But, that, but at the same time, there was a lot of metal and punk and 
music that was quote unquote white music that was just as graphic or just as violent, yet never got any attention unless somebody shot something up and was wearing all black, then Marilyn Manson did it. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you, you know, there was uh, Twisted Sister too, and Black Sabbath and all sorts of people who were... Right. But not... yeah. Kiss? But, Remember all that? Like, oh, yes. oh it sounds like kids in Satan's service. <laughs> yes. The first time I saw the album cover with the... What's his who with the tongue? <laughs> Sorry, my brain stopped working. What's his name with the tongue? Let's yeah. just call him that. Uh, on the cover, my... Tonguey blo- McWhat's-its-name-ster. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, yes, I totally agree that like it, 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 there was there's no escaping the fact that there was so much racism from people who heard gangster rap and didn't see it as anything valid. I'm listening. Um, didn't didn't understand that it was a social phenomenon as opposed to, ouch, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that it that that it was initially that it was ouch. initially a mirror, yeah, as opposed to you know a projection. Of, exactly. Yeah. And that was what people actually experienced. Of course, it, you know, once you have kids who didn't grow up in the ghetto glorifying that lifestyle, that be, that was a little... Well, because the thing is, who, how many? there's more white people in America than black people. Yeah. So it became about getting white kids to mm-hmm. listen to that music. Mm-hmm. Then it became a glorification. And right. then it was usually white executives that were trying to find the next group that could mimic that style. Right. In a sort of a way. What are you blowing at? There was a gnat, sorry. Oh, okay. That there was not anything there. <laughs> um, that's my Sofia Vergara impression. No, it's not that good. I wish she had the boobs. Yeah. Is you, what? She had the boobs? I wish you had the boobs. Oh, I'll get them. I'll get them someday around Teddy 30. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll get the boobs someday. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> I'm just saying like, yeah, I'll be transgender someday. It's going to happen. Bring it. No, I don't, I don't want to bring it. I want right. to I want to keep what I got. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like working with it. There was uh my friend just told me the story the other day. Um there was a band from Texas that was called the Butthole Surfers. I know the Butthole Surfers. They were just in Bumbershoot. I was just there. And they there was an interview one time with their lead singer where he the interviewer asked him, you know, about what his band's name, how it affected what they were able and not able to do. And he was saying, Yeah, we didn't get played on the radio a lot. We didn't, you know, have our albums put prominently in music stores, et cetera, et cetera. And the interviewer said, well, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you have done the same thing? And he said, no, I would have named our band. I'm going to kill you and shit in your mom's cunt or something like that. Like something way, 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 way worse. Way worse. Well, and of course that's funny because he thought he was going to say, you know, yeah, something else. But it's like, he's saying that like in a way that because of their because of butthole surfers, which they thought probably was cute and funny, that people people looked at it like it was like oh, they're going to shit my mom's cunt. I can't believe it. Well, no, they they were freaking crazy. They oh. yeah, they took drugs on stage and they're had not sex guar, on stage. but still, no, they were almost guarish. <laughs> and in some ways, they gave guar a run for their money. But uh, that uh, they were at war with guar. It was a guar war. So trying to say, mm-mm. how far was that guar war going to gar? Man, if that guar war comes what? over har, I'm going to go far. You're going to go over the har? Oh, you are. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Sorry, I just had the yes and everything you were doing. So, music, right? <laughs> Wrong. Well, but what do you think about what I, what I was saying before about that whole kind of hip-hop rock thing? Because then, then when the, the horrible, like when the school shootings started to happen. Mm-hmm. 
then everyone got so like, oh, you know, and like all the stuff that happened and everywhere, Arkansas, Columbine, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's, I, it's really easy to blame video games and music and everything else. And for, and again, like I'm talking about like cultural uh, degradation, mm-hmm. like that's the impetus for kids to do that. When the reality is that those kids lived in a McMansion with parents who weren't there and they had like three pieces of furniture in the house, you know, like that. It it ultimately comes down to parenting, but it's just so easy for parents, I think, to point to fingers scapegoat. At so, yeah, you know, I mean, as um, David Cross once said, uh, "What were the what were the video games that Hitler played again?" Yeah, totally forgot. Yeah, what video? Uh, what KMFDM albums was he listening to? <laughs> that Hitler guy. Um, hmm, interesting. So, crassness is really what you have your problem with, but vulgarity well, slash profanity not so much. Right. I mean, I, I guess my my point Crassness when, is a uh, I guess a subsect of vulgarity. Yeah. Although vulgarity means just act like I don't want to make it a class issue. It's never a class issue for me. You know, but vulgarity kind of presumes that it's vulgarity by definition is like, oh, that's the common man or that's the common people or that's just base behavior. Yeah, but who defined that? Yeah, yeah, rich motherfuckers. Rich motherfuckers. Merriam-Webster's rolling, rolling on his dictionary dollars. <laughs> hey, Miriam, why don't you lend me some dollars? Lend. It's on page 345. Six definitions. <laughs> I'm talking definition four, sucker. Uh, I don't know why I became a, a character from a 70s movie, from, from like a exploitation movie. Uh, I need to say sucker more. Yeah, I agree. I, I think. You know what? There was a, I had a little brief thing where I was trying to bring back certain... I was trying. I was trying to think of mo- the most unpopular black slang that has ever existed, and I was going to popularize it. A word? No, no, no. Just all of it. Like just anything that black people said that were like, oh, we shouldn't have said that. Check it, Blee. Well, you know what? My one of my favorite pieces of pieces of slang, I guess you could say, was the skins. And this is a '90s thing. Give me, give me some skins. Give me some skins. That's not '90s. Skins is different than give me some skins. Skin is '70s, '80s. Like, give me five skin I think on it's skin. Even before that, but skins was when are we gonna fuck? Oh, that was like skins who? plural. Yeah, yeah. Like, girl, let me get them. Let me get them skins. Let me oh, get them skins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When am I gonna get them skins? That was like the '90s, and I was like, I remember hearing people say that. I'm like, what the fuck? Why would you say that? To another. What another about person. knocking the boots? Boots, bottom, knocking, bottom, bottom, rocking all night long. Nope. Uh, not that one. I was boots, thinking more. Boots, bottom, rocking, knocking the boots. The... Nope. H Town? No, I was thinking more. Do you know what H Town is? I do know what H Town is. Fucking Houston, Texas. Yeah. Knocking boots. <laughs> Your state created it. I was it. thinking Comments. more about Candy Man. Candy Man? What do you mean? Like Tony Todd? The movie? Ooh, boy, I love you so. Never. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that song. You I don't? mean, I do, I do, but I don't remember that there was something "quote unquote" vulgar in the song. Uh, hold on, I know all the words. Do you know the words? Now you're going through it. She's she's bobbing her head like she's saying the alphabet, trying to remember where N is. No, there's no N. No, I know, I know. There's no N. <laughs> I'm just saying that like sometimes I have to sing the entire song in my head to get to a letter. And you're doing that, but with. Uh, boy, I love you, Schmel. Well, is that song about Mao Zedong? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's about it's a bunch of cats singing. Uh, yeah. those cats are communists. They're all just saying Mao. <laughs> I have a T-shirt Mao. that does it. Um, so, what are we talking about now? <laughs> you tell me. 
You were still trying to trying to think about music and the and I guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about slang words for fucking. For fucking knocking boots, bumping uglies, horizontal limbo. I, I think the one that I think is hilarious, but it's so d- gross, and I can't imagine anyone saying it's getting up all in someone's guts. Wow, that's that is intricate. Get, I'm gonna get up all in someone's I'm guts get, tonight. Yeah, it's like you mean you're going to murder them? That's the first thing that like you're gonna disembowel a person. Yeah, yeah. What about penis, bro? I no, don't know I don't. if you know about penises, but they don't. There's a distinct area they can go in, and it's not the guts. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I've getting up and all up in someone's guts. That sounds very Texas. That That's expression. Not, no. I've I that I mean getting up in somebody. I've heard. Nah, guts. I don't think I've ever really heard that combination of words used in that way. You haven't. No. no. <laughs> I know. It's one that you invented. I did not. I, I didn't invent did that. Invent I wish I had. Well, here's what I was going to ask. Okay. So in, on the term of vulgarity, we've, we've covered crassness, mm-hmm. which I'm saying is a subsect of vulgarity. And I'm asking, what do you think other, what other vulgarities exist? What's the kind of vulgarity that you approve of? Ooh, snap. You're doing a Michael Jackson. Oh my god, my legs asleep. Uh oh, legs asleep. Um, is that because of the vulgarity? Like the legs, like I do not want to be involved in this conversation yeah, anymore. I'm out. Mm-mm. Um, what do I think is good? I think that everything is good. I am. I am. I'm super into. Uh, cussing, talking about sex graphically, <laughs> weird. <laughs> Sex pictures. You're super into that? I see nothing wrong with any of it, but I do it. I. You do it with a tinge of irony, is what you're trying to say. Not necessarily. Sometimes oh. for real. But, but, like, doing it for the sake of humor is good. Doing it just for the sake of doing it, it's not. And knowing when to do it and when to not is also important. So, with vulgarity, you, you kind of have the Kenny Rogers philosophy. You got to know when to hold them. No one to show, mm-hmm. except these are nudie pictures, right? Or Usually cursing. You, you got to show them at Teddy Thirty. <laughs> what was your uh, Richard Pryor? Thing? Richard Pryor had a quote that I liked. He said, "There's no such thing as profanity." I talk to people in their own words, mm-hmm. so it's like he uses the words that he hears people use to themselves, back to themselves. You dig? I totally dig. But Richard Pryor was an extremely controversial figure for his use of the N word, right? You know, never. <laughs> Nine eleven. He's always never saying never. Three D. That's what he was always doing. Uh, no, nigga. As we know, thank you for the pause, everybody in the room. This White is, people. This is like the third, third podcast. Third podcast. I probably said the word on. Um, Katie's. Katie's like she is. She's mocked them out. Marked them all out. Mm. Just she, you're like you're like a politician where you counted how many times. Remember that they were like they. This word appears this in the nineties. They would be like, this, the N-word appears on this album this many times. Yeah. There's this many F-words. There's this many S-bombs. Like, stuff like that. Like, I remember people counting it out, and it was all over the news. I know that you're not really doing that, Katie. I'm just trying to make a comparison. Yes, please, laugh with me, not at me. Um, we're in this together, I think. No, just because Pryor used it a lot. And um, it, it was a controversial, obviously it's a controversial word, but he was a very mainstream comic in that he became very popular. And so he was using that in areas that a lot of people hadn't heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he stopped using it after he went to Africa. Mm-hmm. And that was in his special Live on the Sunset Strip, I believe the third act 
there's like th- there's three distinct sections to that special in his in his act, and the one of them is about being in Africa and how he stopped using the word because he realized that it wasn't our word, that it was something that somebody else used. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to, uh, you know, uh, de-arm a word by using it, by trying to own it. Disarm. That's what I mean. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Um, de-arm would be to take away the arm. But disarm would be to take a weapon out of someone's arms. Dig it? Mm, shit. <laughs> Aw, shit. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, and I can see that. I, you know, you can see that and respect that. Like, I use the word bitch like we talked about before. Like, I, I yeah, will you, use it. You just pulled back on it. What do you mean? You just pulled back on the word bitch. No, I was just thinking about it. Okay. It just, like you, I was like, am I going to say de-arm again or whatever? Disarm? You were thinking about de-arm? Mm-hmm. Mm, see, that's what you do when, you, when, that's what happens when I correct somebody. They're like, ah, what an asshole. And it just knocks them off of whatever they were thinking about. It makes, it makes me stronger. It's like, <laughs> it makes yeah. you stronger. Stronger than before. I'm like a monster that you, if you hurt me, I just get bigger. Really? You're an emotional monster. Yeah. I'm, that's a, that's a, that's a. So I used to call a girlfriend. It's my band. An emotional monster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hurt us and we grow bigger. I don't think, I think that Richard Pryor does, obviously does things, does his art for adults. Mm-hmm. Like if you asked Richard Pryor if he would put a billboard up with just the word fuck on it and then a picture of Richard Pryor's face, would Richard Pryor want that? I would say probably not. Depends. Because he might think that's hilarious. It is kind of hilarious in theory. <laughs> it's kind of funny if it's just a picture. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. You want to put billboards up that are my face with the word fuck under it? How much money do I have to give you to do that? <laughs> I just want to see that. Um, and of course, he had his critics and his detractors. And uh, one of my favorite things that somebody said about prior, well, the post-prior comedy, um, Dick Gregory, another great black comedian. And um, he said that Pryor's genius was apparent. And that if you took away the language, his genius is still there. Right. You know, you can take all take out all the the uh, the you know the words that are you know um, questionable, and but he as a performer and as a storyteller and as a as a commentary ner a commentator 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 a commentator Tater. a social commentator um, is still there. And he said that the problem was though that all these comedians came that were like, I'll just copy the language, and that's the key to the depth. Or if you have like Andrew Dice Clay. There's literally nothing there. Well, Dice... Except for a persona and a... But Dice, and this is, I think it's similar for Dice and Larry the Cable Guy, is that they both started as a comment on that type of person. Like, I saw an early Dice uh, clip from, a, like, a Rodney Dangerfield you, special. Would You can say that about Foxworthy, too, I think. Well, Foxworthy was just a stand-up. Right. I think well, okay, Fox, Fox, okay. Fox was just a stand-up. Because Larry the Cable Guy is a character. Okay. And Dice was playing a character. Mm-hmm. And the early stand-up that he did, he was making fun of that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was kind of making fun of the fact that that guy has no depth. And it, he, it was like a set, and he spent the first three minutes, like, lighting a cigarette, you know, where he does the whole thing around. It's like, he's making fun of, like, this particular kind of Guido that was like a Brooklyn kind of Bensonhurst. But then where did that just grow He became the representative. That's the thing. It happened to Larry the Cable Guy, too. Larry the Cable Guy started because I think it was because the comedian Dan Whitney um, was calling into radio shows as that character. And the fact that he had no concept or a very colloquial everyman way of putting everything became big. But he was kind of making fun of that. 
and then he became the representative. That's my take, is that both Dice and Larry were making fun of that guy, and then became the representative, because it got so big. I sometimes wonder if that's what happened to Toby Keith, too. Toby Keith? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's one thing I know about Toby Keith, is that he's proud to be an American. Mm-hmm. Okay? That happens. That does happen. Well, I don't know that he was making fun it of people. I think, he wrote, I think he wrote a patriotic song. And then suddenly he became the spokesperson. But he seems to make fun of himself sometimes, too, in weird ways that I can't quite reconcile with. Surprisingly, I'm not really up on my Toby Keith news. <gasps> Come on. I've been going to tobykeithhilton.com as much lately. Perez Toby Keith as much as... Nope. All right. What were you going to say? I was trying to... Uh, I was Th- trying to remember the Christmas special I saw. I'm sorry, he had a Christmas special? No, he didn't, but he was on... He was on someone's Christmas special. Was it Cheney's Christmas special? Dick Cheney's? Yeah. No. I know, he didn't have one, but thank you for thanking me seriously for five seconds. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I didn't see that. Was that on CMT? After a marathon of hee-haw! <laughs> After a marathon of hee-haw. Why can't I, why can't I not remember? I hate it when I'm trying to talk about something on... That's being recorded, and I can't remember. Yeah, it's, I think that's your that's your theme today. Hmm. It's not remembering motherfucking shit. No, I remember plenty. Anyways, let's talk about something else. <laughs> you keep changing the subject. <laughs> that's all right. Because you said when we talked about this subject, you said you had very contradicting, conflicting feelings. I think I've demonstrated that yeah, handily. You have, you have. But what do you think is at the at the center of the conflict? Uh, that I I think essentially what it is is that I think people in their own heads should think be, more about what should saying. be yeah should be more aware of where they are who they're how they're portraying themselves to people and that doesn't and that's a big thing like you were talking about people think that that compromises who they are well why don't you think a little bit more about who you are Ooh, why don't you think a little more i think about i probably i think i sounded a, i think i sounded texan when i said that you did well yeah yeah, probably. I don't know. We'll we'll see when I listen to it if the accent came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you asked me if I. It's interesting because I'm thinking as a, as a, an adult, like my. I, you're right. I didn't cuss around my grandmother, but everybody. I think a lot of adults had that moment. And my a great comedian a friend of mine named Greg Johnson had a great joke about it, where it's just like suddenly I can cuss in front of my mom, and I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. It's like just suddenly. We're cussing in conversations. She's like, I was on the phone with her. And she's like, you know what? Grandma said you wanted to bring um, this kind of casserole to the funeral. And I was like, Grandma, I just don't give a shit. And I was like, yeah, Grandma's a fucking bitch. That's his joke. But it happened to me where it's like suddenly I was talking to my mom and then suddenly we can cuss. I remember when I was a kid because everyone cussed around me, but I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. And I would get hit. If I did, mm-hmm. and I remember asking somebody, some adult, maybe it was my mom, maybe it was my great granddad, um, when can I cuss? And I was told, when you are 12. Yeah. Because to a seven year old, they're like, ah, oh, that's five years away from now. He'll forget by the time he's 12. Mm-hmm. And the day of my birthday, I was like, fucking shit, I'm 12. <laughs> and, that, and then I got punched in the eye. Mm hmm. Um, not punch in the eye, but yeah, like that's a little heavy. Yeah, but I remember like, hey, you said I could. What? What's mm-hmm. that? What gives? You made promises to mm-hmm. me when I was twelve. Um, but obviously, it didn't happen until I was like twenty something. That suddenly, and maybe it's maybe it's when I started paying my own bills. So my mom's like, all right, he can fucking cuss. <laughs> he knows what it means to be in the world now. But she cussed in front of you. Yeah. Oh, they cussed in front of me all the time. Did they cuss in public or was it like in the home? All of it. 
all of it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't cuss loudly in pu- public. Right. Like, my mom wasn't like, fuck you, son, in the middle of Target. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, mom, can I get this Transformers? Why don't you fucking fuck yourself, <laughs> bitch? I was like, wow, I'm, I'm six. <laughs> like, if, that, if my mom did that, which some, some parents do mm-hmm. that, yep. okay? Go into a Walmart right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll probably see it. Yeah. My mother never did that. She, she did the, um, she was the silent disciplinarian when it was in public. Like, like she mm-hmm. would get in my face and like grab the elbow. You know, yeah. that, that, that magical place in the arm where. There's so many magical places. It's not on the, the elbow, but it's not the forearm and it's not the bicep where mm-hmm. a parent can hit you. It's like that little you. nerve. Yeah, they, it's like two what? fingers that they put on it and suddenly you're like a rag doll and they can move you around. She's like, yeah. hey, Doris, how you doing? Well, it was like that kind of. I have a really good friend whose mother was Puerto Rican and she would had like long fingernails Ooh. and she would just dig like right under their armpit Ooh. if they were misbehaving really bad. And Dios then she'd just mio. look over at him, whisper and was like, just try to get away and just try to yell. If you do, it'll get worse. And it was like an instant taste. It was like the Vulcan grip. <laughs> the Puerto Rican kids. death grip is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Puerto Rican. Which is awesome. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, and this is in Texas? Uh yeah. Mm, gross. So um <laughs> Texas is vulgar. I'm joking, you're so sensitive. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're one of those people though. Go ahead, generalize. I'm gonna make a generalization. You can feel free to disagree. I know a lot of people from the South. Mm-hmm. Texas I never count as the South. I always count Texas as fucking Texas. Like I feel like the te- Texas is its own thing and then the rest of the South somehow bleeds together and then Texas is like, and that's my impression of the state. So, um, right yeah, it's right on. I just feel like I know a lot of people from the South um, that left it as soon as they possibly could yet still get very defensive about it. It's like, that's where I came from. I got the fuck out of there. Like, they'll be the first people to talk shit about their state. But I'm like, yeah, everyone in Alabama's dumb. They're like, hey, my mom is there. It's like, it's, yeah, but yeah. you're in New York now. It's like anyone talking shit about your mom, you know? Yeah, you can be like, my, my mom's a bitch. Yeah, she is. I will kill you. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So you're saying that, okay, I, got, I was going to say Texas is your mom. Um, but not really. Just metaphorically. Emotionally. Uh, yeah. Spiritually. Wait, so what was the generalization? Intellectually. Are you one of those people that you kind of, you kind of, you identify with the South because you're from the South, but you got out of there as soon as you possibly could? Yeah, I love to write jokes about Texas. Oh, shit. Um, you know, but I, but when I see people who very likely have no idea what Texas is like, it, yeah, it makes me mad. Okay. Like, if, if, if you're going to be generalization, be, if do some I research. hear some Yankee liberal elites, you know, talking, talking shit about my, no, I'm. <laughs> but, but but it's true like if if there are people who i know either haven't been to texas or haven't spent any significant time there or have only gone to austin or you know learned everything that they know about it from watching very specific things george bush you know like okay. that's not allowed you're not allowed to talk about texas there's a lot of texas yeah. i've been to a lot of texas mm-hmm. too much of it alamogordo probably more than any other place alamogordo yeah Porque. And Amarillo. Mm-hmm. You have fans? No, it's just like, because I, I was raised in New Mexico before I moved to Vegas. Oh, so those are, yeah. So it was like Southern Baptist, you know, you do, there's a point where you do the church tour. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, we're going to go see, we're going to go to other churches and see how it's done there. So you went to border towns. We went to border towns of New Mexico. That's mm-hmm. absolutely right. We went to a couple different places. Like we went to Clovis and Roswell in New Mexico. Then we went over to Texas because our preacher had a brother who was a preacher in either Alamogordo or Amarillo. I can't remember. 
He was the other Pastor Holly. Mm-hmm. And um, they both had the same catchphrase. A kind of a preacher Shit, catchphrase. motherfucker? Yeah. That's obviously in a church. That's exactly what you would say. <laughs> no, I... Um, Jesus Christ. No, one of them had... It was Thank the Lord Walls. As in the walls? Yeah. It was like they would get caught up in the moment, you know, as a Southern black preacher does, and goes like, Thank the Lord Walls. Like in a, in a moment where it was like he breaks the tension with a little bit of a joke. Mm-hmm. And that was his callback. And his brother was Thank the Lord Lights. Mm-hmm. Which made me go like, okay, what are you thinking this week? Uh, I'm going to think the lights. What about you? Maybe the air fan. The air fan. <laughs> the air fan. Yeah. And that's what made you want to do comedy, right? Yeah, air fan con is here. Um, that's a very, that's for my Bollywood fans. Um, oh, Lord. I know. What made me want to what now? <laughs> that's what kind of got you into comedy, right? Honestly, yes. Mm-hmm. Seeing seeing a, a preacher, I mean, what preacher is more theatrical than a Southern black preacher? And it was like he owned that room. Mm-hmm. Everyone was with him. He could, he could like change the flow of it. He could get deep. He could get dark. He can get loud. He can get wild. The choir is singing. All of a sudden, they're not. It's another tender moment. Then it's like, boom, here's a joke. And here's an example. Here's a jokey example of what this scripture means. When Ezekiel, in, in chapter 2, verse 14, when this happens, it's like when you go to the supermarket, right? And <laughs> you buy some eggs, but you do not check the eggs and when you get home all the eggs are broken can i get an amen so there's like a sort of a that i mean like that's like a little joke like that he would do every now and then and there's certain preachers every now and then i'll flip them on tv and be like hey, that's funny um i don't know why i went into that accent gear anyway um all right goodbye <laughs> have we exhausted it no we haven't exhausted it what Oh, I guess we have. No, we haven't exhausted it. I mean, I feel like we scratched on the surface. Of it. I'm kind of more interested in what it means to you because you do have these contradictory feelings about it. And I, I can d- tell, like, even when you're, when you're, when you're, when you, because you got very sensitive. You thought I was mocking you or rolling my eyes. And I was just trying to, like, imagine what you were saying. Do you, have you ever been speaking and then some, the person who you're speaking to is looking at you and their brow is furrowed and their eyebrows are undulating and. Yeah, but mainly I speak to apes. Like when I talk out loud and talking to apes and they're like, huh? so that doesn't bother me as much. It's like me and Jane Goodall. We know all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I but get- that's what you thought I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I was like, what is he going to started- come back yeah. with? Then I got flustered. Yeah, um, I can tell. So anyways, I guess what I'm saying is that my point mm-hmm. about being crass is that I am completely all for it if you know, if you're familiar and confident in what context you're doing it in. But you're saying, so what is, what, what is it, if you can sum it up? And parents should be way more responsible about... Uh, teaching their children about... Teaching boundaries to their kids. Duh. Like yeah, yeah. Making, helping their kids understand boundaries. Well, it's a hard thing boundaries. because their parents probably don't know about that. Because their parents are our age. So th- their parents were, re- were raised by our parents. You, that's wonderful. There's probably saying, a million. Like, there's a there's, lot of them that weren't, some had single parent households where the parent was working shitloads of jobs, you know, came home, stressed out as shit, probably said, I'm stressed out as shit, as mm-hmm. the five-year-old is trying to do math. And instead of writing four to two plus two, they wrote shit. And they forgot, turned that in. <laughs> Next thing you know, like the parents getting called in for a parent-teacher meeting, but the parent can't go. They're working all the goddamn time. Right? Am I right? So then the parent has to pay that biker from down the street, you know, the one that was at Altamont, 
to go pose as the parent to the kids. So then suddenly, um, Jackie Steve, as he goes by, comes in in his leather coat. Jackie Steve? Jackie Steve, yeah. Because his name is Steve and he'll jack you. Okay, that's slightly more tough. <laughs> this is real. This is, all this is real. This, all this, this is reality. This all happened to my friend. His yeah. name is uh, Boba Fett Brownstein. So this all happened to him. Jewish, um, right? No, I don't know what you think that. Um, <laughs> Boba Fett Brownstein, what not that? Uh, obviously, he's, he's a, of the Fett persuasion. Um, he's a Fett ass. What can I say? Shall we, shall we just say... Well, I was going to ask you. Okay, okay. Sorry. Tell me what you were just going to say and we'll see if it was what I was going to ask. Um, I, I think regardless of how a person has brought up what they were, you know, what they were shown as children, what they were taught, how they were socialized, I think it's still their personal responsibility to try to learn boundaries. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that you, did you think it was their, I think it's a little bit more the personal responsibility. Right. So you're saying that people, regardless of their parenting situation, mm-hmm. should learn a little bit more personal responsibility mm-hmm. in the in the usage of whatever it is they're doing around people, whether it's language or rude gestures or dick hanging out of a pants. You know, if you're going to a playground, please don't have your dick hanging but out I of think, your pants. I think, a lo- I think the individualistic nature of our society kind of tells people that, you know, they should be able to do whatever, whenever. And that's just simply... Not healthy. Mm. Is that your final thought? Mm-hmm. I like that. That was stimulating, wasn't it? <laughs> it massaged the nipples of your mind. <laughs> anyway, um, that was Lisa Beth Johnson and I um, getting into a bit of a kerfuffle, you know, um, which is which is good. I like kerfuffles. They're so covered in feathers. But, um... Next week, new deep shit. Another guest, I believe, is going to be my friend Harikanda Bolin, who some of you may know and some of you may not. I'm assuming that you don't. I barely know the guy. He's wandered in and started recording. No, I love that guy. Anyway, Elizabeth Johnson, um, fuck you is my message to you <laughs> after listening to that podcast again. And we will see you next week on Deep Shit. <laughs>